if you are sick and tired of being bombarded by recruiters and you just don't know what to do, well, this episode is for you. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go now. Come on, now crank this motherfucker. Yeah, it's your boys. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, 18 plus. You are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and a very special guest. Originally from ATL Atlanta, GA, he makes his home in Southern California today. He is one of my favorite mortgage recruiters in the space. This is the first time that we have had a chance to meet face-to-face, although we have had a friendly relationship for the past four years. If I were to ever be looking for a new job, he'd be the first phone call I'd make. He is with The Money Store. He is my friend, Aaron Hahn. Aaron, welcome to the Loan Officer Podcast. Well, thank you very much, Dustin. And you know what? I just want to correct you on one thing. We have been talking for seven years. Is it really been it's seven been years? Seven years. Holy yes. and I'm, cow! I'm just glad to finally meet you. In yes, um, this is so, such a cool story, like how the world operates. Look, I am a mortgage loan originator. I have been in a mortgage loan originator for the past twenty years, and I'm sure my my realtor friends and my financial advisor friends and life insurance friends that are tuning in, anyone who works in some kind of a profession where we are sick and tired of being bombarded by recruiters, y'all gonna wanna tune into the show. Like this is gonna be a really fun show because Aaron's gonna share with us not the best practices on how to recruit, but how to handle recruiters. Why you may need one or two recruiters in your back pocket, but also how to figure out which recruiters are worth your time and which ones do you need to block for good, right? That's what we're gonna chat about. Absolutely. But the cool story is, that I don't even know how we connected, but your approach resonated with me that day. And I can tell you this, Aaron single-handedly put me in contact with one of my mentors in this business, Doug Long, right? It was that connection that- I'd forgot about that. Yes, it was that connection <laughs> where, where I said, whatever, whoever you were recruiting for at the time, I think Doug was on the executive team. And I'm like, look, I have no interest in leaving my company, but I know of Doug Long, I don't know him. I actually have Doug Long's office, like his actual yeah, his office, office that he yeah. <laughs> that he worked out of 25 years ago is my At actual, Pinnacle. yes, yep. yes, my actual office. And you're like, look, dude, cool. That's what you're looking for. That's what I can do to add value to you. Let me do that. So you did that. Now you and I stayed on the phone forever and a day. Um, you reconnected me with another mentor of mine, John McLarty. And then you and I started talking about life, your 17,000 children, your real estate investments, my real estate investments. And literally we were sitting here just like 10 minutes ago, like, oh my gosh, we actually have to meet. Like we were like old school pen pals, yep. <laughs> you know, you in California, me in Florida, we don't, we never had a chance to meet, but today's that day. And I love what we're going to talk about because like our industry is still going through massive changes. And these changes aren't necessarily changes that are positive all the time. They're not changes that, that, that many of us have control over, but um, it's loan officers careers. They are hundred percent commission sales professionals. They work for the most part insert your name, LLC, a division of insert your parent company, right? Yep. Dustin Owen, LLC, a division of Waterstone Mortgage, CMG Financial, Guaranteed Rate, Cross Country, Fairway, the list goes on and on and on. And although I don't have my own LLC, I think that's the, the thought process or the mentality people take. Yep. So we have a cool connection. We have a cool story. And I used it in the intro, but I do want people to know, like 
I've been gainfully employed at the same company for 15 years. I anticipate and expect to be there for the next 10 years, but I can't control what I can't control. And if something ever went down and I realized that wasn't the best place for me, there's three people in this world that I would call three. I'd call you. I'd call Mickey. I'd call Eric like, Hey y'all, I need to figure shit out. You know, I need to figure shit out. Like, yeah, it's a great list. (laughs) Um, what do I do next? Who should I be talking to? Who can you put me in front of? What type of opportunities are, are currently out there? But what I don't like, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Aaron. What I don't like is everything else that comes with recruiters and being recruited. I'm talking about people who just got their licensed. They've been employed for 10 months. They've never closed a loan and they're being recruited and they're feeling all well and good. Like, oh my gosh, someone wants me. I'm like, oh, I don't know why, like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know why. So, so let's dedicate this show, this episode to those sales professionals who are sick and tired of being recruited, but also need to understand that I would coach you. You, you need to have some friends that are in the recruiting right. space that you like, that you trust. It may take you seven years to meet them face to face, but it doesn't mean that you haven't built that bond that you all can have a conversation once a year. And you, we can talk about it um, and do a, ke- a, a check-in and a catch-up and all those types of conversations. So um, let me turn it over to you. What what are you seeing that is being done by people that do what you do for a living that absolutely just makes you want to vomit in your mouth? <clears throat> Boy, that, that, that could be at least an hour right there. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, it, it comes down to just very simply know who you're calling right? You don't know who you're calling. I, I I have people tell me, I had a lady tell me this just, what was it? Uh, I guess it was Friday. Called her on Friday and she's like, hey, I really appreciate that you were just, you know, you had a really good conversation with me. You were just very, you know, upfront. And she goes, but you used my name. And I go, well, yeah, of course I used your name. And she goes, if you look on, if you look online, it says Catherine. The only time I get called Catherine is when I'm in trouble by my mom. And you called me Katie. So you actually paid attention and looked it up. So just at the most basic level, know who you're calling, right? Okay, so if I want to flip that, that's good advice if someone's trying to recruit. But if we're trying to flip it and say, how do you know if you're talking to a recruiter worth your time? That's how. That's how. It starts with, did they actually pay any attention to me? Am I on a list of they're just trying to hammer through phone calls? Because on the flip side, on the recruiting side, you'll hear it in our business, especially on the, at least in the mortgage business. Now I've recruited in outside agencies. I've recruited attorneys. Uh, I've recruited IT people, you know, uh, engineers, loan officers for the last decade. Uh, but what's interesting is, is if you hear that somebody actually took a little bit of time, they don't need to know your life story, but if they just know a little bit about you and can talk to you just a little bit to be able to move the call from just a completely cold call to a slightly warm call, you probably have somebody who you, they, they know what they're talking about. Then all you have to do is ask some simple questions. Do they know anything about the mortgage business? Do they know anything about, you know, if you're, you know, in the accounting field, if you're in the financial planner field, do they know anything about the field? Because if they don't, they're not integrated into the, into, uh, the culture. They're not integrated into the business. They're not going to have connections worthwhile. The only people that have connections that are worthwhile are those ones that know the business. They have, like you talked about, 
being able to connect people like, you know, you know, uh, you know, to your mentor or, you know, John Manglardi, who, you know, a lot of people know he's, you know, he's the godfather. Everybody should know that guy. He's amazing. Uh, he said hi, by the way. I was talking to him on the way down. Oh, awesome. Are you going to uh, hook up with him? He's going to have a cigar with you if he's in town. Yeah, no, he's, he's in Chicago. He's in right Chicago. Now. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was hoping, but, uh, you know, so it goes. But, but so to me, the most basic level is, is like, do they sound like they know what they're talking about? And really what you want to do, and you just said it best, you have three people you would call, right? The mortgage business has been going through turmoil, you know, for for I mean, heck, I think this is the longest one. I mean, if you think 24 about twenty-four months at least. Well, and, and think about 08. 08 was only a nine month, like like when it started to go down. And in Orange County, it was a little longer because we had so many subprime mortgage companies. But what happens in this one is I have been talking with tons of people that, you know, if I didn't have a relationship with them, their company, their company closed, their company had a problem, a funding issue, something where it's now a shotgun wedding. It's like, we've got, they've got to leave now. Thank God I had a relationship with them before. And they're like, hey, let's go. We got to, we got to, we got to kick this up to high gear. And that's how a lot of people are is they're, they're, you know, I might've had a little bit of a relationship with them prior to the event, but the better relationship you have with a couple people, whether that be a recruiter, whether that be somebody like yourself, yeah. I mean, you've got a great name in the local market. And so it's like, you've got to know certain people to be able to go, hey, I've got to go, I got to pull the ripcord. So the key is, is finding a few of those individuals that you like at different types of companies that you know are model matches for you. And that's the trick. And we yeah, can talk well, more about that in a minute. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting and you mentioned it. Um, I don't think people know this about me. I give career advice weekly, if not daily. Like part of being the creator and host or co-host of this show and doing what I do and putting myself out there is we have listeners, we have a fan base, we call them T-loppers. And those T-loppers, if you're tuning in and you have a question regarding your career, reach out to me. I will give you, I promise you, an unbiased opinion based on my 20 years experience. Unbiased, like, look, I work for a great mortgage company and if I think it's a good fit for you to call someone who also represents the same brand that I do, I will put you in contact with them. Nine times out of 10, I don't. Nine times out of 10, either you're not a good fit for them or they're not a good fit for you, or we're not even in that market, right? So like I, I help place loan officers and I go across the board. I mean, I've helped place loan officers at small mortgage brokerages, whether it was um, Atlantic Trust Mortgage up in Jacksonville, Florida, whether it's Rosegate Mortgage up in Charlotte, North Carolina, big mortgage companies like Guaranteed Rate or Cross Country Mortgage, I mean, across the country, I have I have done that for the past two or three years. It's not a service that I get paid to do, so therefore it's usually not a service I, I provide. But if we're doing a show today where we're talking about what should mortgage sales professionals be doing in order to be the most well-rounded, the most prepared, I think what we're gonna teach you all is here's how you quickly dismantle and disarm the pretenders, the C players that are trying to recruit you. Here's how you sift through and sort through their bullshit. But there are one or two out there that if you look for the right signs that Aaron's gonna share with us, you'll be like, wait a minute, that one's different. Wait a minute, that one actually is a human being who cares about me. Yes, they all have an ulterior motive, right? Aaron can't wait for me to take my entire billion dollar region over to the money store. Which he's coming tomorrow. <laughs> Which what? Yeah. Which you're coming over tomorrow. Which I'm coming over tomorrow. No, no, I'm not. No, let's not start any rumors, okay? Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, didn't work out so well for my friends over at Housing Wire. Uh, that one kind of, <laughs> uh, yeah, no rumors there. But yeah, but like, 
Of course you want that. But that doesn't stop us from having this relationship. It doesn't stop us from being able to chat and podcast together and talk life and talk work and talk industry the way we did the first hour before we turned on the the, the, the the cameras and the mics. So yes, I want people to know that I am one of those people for you and I will give you an unbiased opinion. Um, for me, Aaron's one of those people. My friend Mickey Schilling's one of those people. And then uh, Eric over at Model Match. Like those are kind of my, my three people. Y'all want to have your three people. Um, what else can you share with, with those that are tuned in right now, like how do I know the person that is reaching out to me is worth my time? So, you know, this part, part of my pitch, I changed my pitch um, many, many years ago. And, and I know you can attest to this because you'll get, and, and this doesn't have anything to do with recruiting calls. This is just somebody cold calling you, right? I would get a lot of cold calls for people trying to pitch me software or some sort of solution of something. And they would tell me the name of their company like I was supposed to know what it was. And you'd look up these companies and you're going, this is a three-person company. How do I even know what that is, right? Like I have no idea. And so when you're, when you're listening to somebody actually make that first phone call and they're introducing themselves, they're going to sound confident in who they are. And, and a lot of people will give you the information about who they are and who they're working for very quickly and early on and frame it so you know. If you notice, a lot of times when, when a call is going bad for the person that's receiving it, the person that's getting recruited is having a problem when they have to ask a bunch of questions right out of the gate. You've already started on a negative foot. So as a loan officer or, or business professional receiving a recruiting call, if you're asking a ton of questions of this person, they're probably not the right person. But also, I'll even take it a step further in the mortgage business. There's only about 30 recruiters that are even worth talking to in our business. Ooh. It's, how many are there, do you think? 300? I, it's hard to say how many there are okay. because there has been so many that have been laid off over the last you know, two years. Um, but I would honestly tell you there's, 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 30 might be high. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. Because the, the, the 30 people that I'm talking about have been doing it a long time. They know what they're talking about. They're going to give you good advice. And that's one other thing that's a whole other element that, you know, when we have a chance, we can dive into it. But when you're talking about your career, these folks see people make career changes, good, bad, and ugly, right? And, and can help you figure out like what you're missing. So if you're like you, great example, you've been with the same company for a long time. Last time you made a move was a long time ago. You're probably pretty rusty on the right questions you should be asking and, and about transition because that's not where your head's at. That's not where your head's been at for a very long time. So sometimes people people ask me, they're like, well, I don't need a recruiter. Why would I need a recruiter? I'm like, uh, well, there's a whole lot of reasons you need a recruiter and here's why. And it falls into this gray area where a lot of people can't play. And so when you start talking to a, a recruiter that's been in the business, figure out how many people they've helped transition, figure out how many, you know, how long they've been doing it, what companies they've, they've been at before, engage their knowledge because a good recruiter can help you make a, uh, 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 stop you from making a horrible career decision. Would I ever ask them and be able to verify like the, like I'm a loan officer. So as a loan officer, I want to know what's the average production of the loan officers that you place? Yeah. Or what's the average production of the loan officers that you onboard, right? Because some recruiters are independent, right? You once worked for an independent recruiter, right? Like, yep. like you would recruit for multiple companies. Today you don't. Right. Right, your previous you know two stops were working for top. Well, one was a top ten. One's probably a top fifty yeah. independent mortgage lenders, where you recruit specifically for them. But as a someone being recruited, is that a question that you'd recommend I ask? 
when it comes to like, you know, walk me it's, through your typical candidate that you onboard? It, it, it would be a good, yes. That's a very good question about like, walk me through your process. And, and you could even flat out say like, how would you add value to, to me through this process? Right? Yeah. Like, what would you do for me? Like how, you know, what makes you different? You know, and you can find out too, have they, have they brought on a top producer before? Have they hired somebody on the Scotsman's Guide? If they've hired somebody on the Scotsman's Guide, they've now, you, you can now know instinctively, they probably hired a big producer with the team. They've, they've made the transition. And, you know, is that person still employed with where you, wherever you placed them? Like asking them just simple questions because somebody that, that you want to stay in contact with, somebody that you want to, uh, to, to build that relationship with, because again, there's a lot of recruiters out there, but finding that right one is, is going to help you know, when you narrow down those questions about, you know, what type of producers they've done, like if you ask about the average producer they've hired, you're probably not going to get a good answer. But if you ask, you know, have you hired a Scotsman's Guide level individual in the last 12 months? That's a pretty pointed question. And if you can find somebody that has transferred teams before, they will know what they're doing and they will be able to help you. Will you role play with me? I'm curious. If you were to cold call me, put okay. you on the spot here, how would that go? Well, I mean, just like last time when you hung up on me. No. I've um, never no, hung no, up no, on no. you. By know, the way, I know, I, know. I have kidding. done y'all. I have done it all. Like I know y'all, we love to we we love to uh go grab coffee. We're sitting in the break room, we're chit chatting, and we're like, Oh, I just had a recruiter call me and I told him for a million dollars I would do anything, or I told I told him this, I told him that. By the way, I've done it all. I have done the mean, I've done the nice, I've done the funny, um, I've done the make me an offer I can't refuse. But no, yours was one that I didn't do that on. Yours is one that I took and I listened and we chatted, but you just mentioned kind of like the way that if you were to cold call someone the way that it should go, I'm curious to let the audience listen. What, how did that sound? Oh man, I really don't want to give that away to, oh, you the, don't? Uh, to, to the recruiters though. Oh, you see what I'm saying? You're worried, but, but, you're worried but, about all those newly licensed LOs that work for a particular brokerage and they've never closed a loan before. But on their LinkedIn profile, it says mortgage advisor and recruiter because their brokerage is a multi-level marketing setup. And I think, why would I ever go work for you or work somewhere based on your recommendation when I pulled you up in NMLS and you've been licensed for nine months and at which point you've closed no loans? And I also see that you're a hairdresser, a barber, and you do a food truck on the side. Right. Yeah, but their title on LinkedIn tells me that they're... They're a mortgage advisor and a recruiter. Yeah, right. Um, okay. So we don't want to give those people but, your secret sauce. But what I will tell you is, right. And I don't have a problem. Yeah, like, that's fine. Yeah, but I just don't want to yeah. give that away. But what I would tell you is, is that if if the call is go like at the very beginning of the intro, when somebody's reaching out, they have to sound just an easy way to say it is normal, right? Yes. If, if you're normal, like I can't tell you how many people have told me, like, you actually just talk to me normally. I'm like... Exactly. It's not something scary. I'm not trying to sell the person on the first phone call or anything. It's just, you have to learn who they are. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of my approach is just an organic conversation. So you would start by probably calling me Dio. I, hey Dio. Well, well, I know how I called you. I was like, Hey, Dustin, Aaron, Han, how's it going? Right. And you don't know who I am. I yeah. didn't really say much. And we just started talking. And then when, when I can tell that the conversation, you're like, who, who am I talking to? What's yeah. going on? Then I transition into, hey, here's why I'm calling, and I go through it. Again, that's kind of the the general, like the the general outline. Again, I don't want to 
Correct. I don't want to no, give away and, the secrets. And, and, but. and well, I'll give away. I don't think this is even a secret. But what you did well is you you did name drop quickly with me, like you quickly found some kind of triangle of trust. Yep. And with real names. Yep. That all of a sudden, you know, hey, I'm working for a company that is being run by this guy, who and and this guy, and I know you've worked with at least one of them in the past. And would you be interested in hearing about opportunities that they currently have? And I was like, hell to the no. But please tell John I said hello. Yep. And I would I've always wanted to meet Doug. And I think your response was, I can make that happen. Yeah. I'm like, seriously? I'm like, yeah. And then you even said, hey, by the way, he loves scotch. By the way, yeah. don't try to do something nice. Take him to an oyster bar. Yep. I was like, oh my God. And I was like, I love this particular oyster bar in Longwood, Florida. And we did. It's the first and only time I ever drank a glass of scotch. Really? I don't like scotch. Yeah. Well, but I like he's the expert. I liked my company. <laughs> So much, I was, if he was buying me a scotch, I'll be damned, I was going to drink it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then I quickly ordered a Grey Goose, a Grey Goose, a a Goose Island. I quickly got to my IPA to go with my, (laughs) to go with my oysters. But, but, um, but did you see though, is that what you said is that I framed it. And remember, we were talking about the bad sales calls earlier when people are calling you and they don't tell you who they are. They don't tell you that they say the company name, but you have no idea. You've got to frame it. And so if somebody calls you and they sound normal and they can frame why they're calling, and it just and it flows. Odds are you probably got a good one. Yeah. What um what what type of opinion, right? You you're an experienced person. I think it was Colin Powell or Colin Powell. Colin Powell um never used in my humble opinion, like you know I am H O in my yeah. <coughs> he used I M H E. Okay. In my humble experience. Right. In my humble whatever it is yeah I M H E in my humble experience. So in your humble experience, I like that, right? Because this is less, this is less opinion. It's more like, look, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. These are my experiences. These are my war stories. But like what why is recruiting so my words, not yours, gross? Like, why is it that I mean, is there anything we can do about it? Anything I can do to stop it? There isn't like a do not call list, is there? So, and, and I would guess a really good recruiter doesn't care if I'm rude to him. A really good recruiter doesn't care if I tell him to go F off five different ways. I think a really good recruiter that doesn't happen to, honestly. Okay. I, I would tell you I get hung up on once a year. Wow. Once a year. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I couldn't tell you the last time somebody told me to F off. Um, How many of your calls are cold? All of them. Not even like triangle of trust, like hey, so and so knows so and so. No, so so when I went to when I was at my previous company, yep. I was there for three years, and it was a big team. Well, you um, were run, you were like managing recruiters. Yeah, yep. And so it was a big team, and we, I mean, there were there was no time to make cold calls. So I went probably, I want to say it was about twelve years of just thir- thirteen years, thirteen years of straight cold calling. And then I went to that company. And I didn't make cold calls for three years. And so when I went to the money store um, in March of last year, I fired it back up and just started cold calling. So I went after people I didn't know. So I was making 35, 40 phone calls a day, 100% cold. Like, yeah, I call one or two people I know. But yeah, I mean, I'm one of the sick individuals that love, I love cold calls. Okay. I absolutely love it. So. But going back to what you were saying, can you make it any better? I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, you just look at the, you just look at the level of talent of, of the recruiter, the recruiting industry in general. And like, if you look at a loan officer, whatever you want to say about a loan officer and professionalism, whatever, that's a different story. 
but at least they have to be licensed. Recruiters <laughs> don't have to be licensed, okay? So, and then, then you have a lot of people that make this mistake. I've seen it a lot at companies is they're like, this loan officer that always works hard, he's a really nice person, but he just can't quite get the job done. Let's make him a recruiter. And they do that all day long. So there's a lot of people in our business that, that just don't have just don't have the recruiting skill set and and you, I, I don't and know what's can... interesting here i mean i'm gonna throw this out there i'm gonna throw shade on somebody and i apologize to whoever i throw shade on but it's like whatever deficiency they had that prevented them to be able to build relationships with local realtors builders financial advisors to refer them that same deficiency is going to prevent them from being able to build a trusting relationship with a stranger about helping them make a career opportunity change like you know it's like a career change yeah. to offer them a new career opportunity that's going to force them to make a change i can't imagine it's it's not that they're not hardworking, or it's not that they might not be great humans but they may have a a, a, a deficiency in the ability to connect Correct. the a deficiency in the ability to to earn someone's trust to maybe sometimes be authentic yep. and to open themselves up um that that's uh Wow, we could go down that rabbit hole for like a day or two talking about the wrong people recruiting yep. versus versus not. No, I mean, on my end, and I'm speaking now on behalf of the audience, I just want to be like, stop, stop the madness. Like, quit, quit hitting me up via LinkedIn unless you're commenting on one of my posts. <laughs> right? I mean, right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, dude, I, lo I love your post. Right. But to come at me with a five paragraph and all you're leading with is comp, or product, and then I pull you up and I'm like, you've been at this company for three months and then you were with another company for six months and before that a company for 13 months and before that a company for six months. Like what makes me think I can believe you? So I'm thinking as an audience member, I'm like, Aaron, can you can you help me turn it off? But you're probably like, you can't help me turn you, it off. You can't. I now, can't. Now, but, but look, you, you, you have to look at it two ways. Most people now, they've got the MMI data, they've got the loan officer production data. So they're targeting people that, that are, you know, higher up on the volume chain or unit count or whatever, maybe higher FHA. So if you're getting calls, I mean, that's a good thing because people want you. And as annoying as probably 90% of the calls are, at least you're wanted, right? And that's, I think, how you have to look at it. Um, but you can get off the phone, obviously, very quickly with these folks. I, this, is a, this is a funny story. Uh, this, this happened a couple weeks ago. A uh, company was, uh, was closing down. And I got one of the guys on the phone, one of the top producers at the company, had a, had a conversation with him. And he told me uh, that night, he sent me a screenshot. He's like, your people are nuts. And I'm like, what does he mean? And, and he sent me the picture of his phone and the missed calls on there because everybody found out that the company was, was, was oh. closing. He goes, these are all recruiter calls. And he's like, and just so you know, my bill, it's gonna be more expensive when you get me for every one of these guys that call. And I go, Actually, that's bullshit because it's going to be cheaper because I'm saving you time. <laughs> and that's what I wrote back to. Him. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, that, that's, that's the business that we're in. And I, there, there's, I, I can imagine from the loan officer side, regional manager side, you know, branch manager perspective, it's just got to be, you know. Oh, it's taxing. Humbling. It's taxing. Yeah. And, you know, and I guess on my end, and this is what I would like to, to get your perspective on, the lies the lies how do i know i'm being lied to so he, here's what i'll tell you and you're gonna you're gonna get a kick out of this never trust a recruiter ever don't trust it get it verified ronald reagan said it trust but verify right that's what you got to do 
listen to what they say, and then get it verified. Because there are a lot of people that lie. And I tell people all the time, I go, hey, listen, I, I tell them flat out, I go, do not believe me. Let me prove it to you through the process. How would you suggest getting it verified? Well, it depends what we're talking about. So it could be, you know, you know, they might say a, a simple one that people would probably lie about a lot is, uh, oh, yeah, we do that type of loan, whatever that type of loan may be. Right. And then without having a product guide or being able to see that, what's it going to look like? Right. Um, shockingly enough, there are tons of people that make moves without ever even checking pricing. They don't even check it. And then they go there and they're like, oh, my gosh, we're so far out of the market. You know, like so if a, if, if a recruiter is telling you, hey, the pricing's really sharp. Well, that's great. I would like to see what sharp means to you because most recruiters aren't doing loans. On that note, <laughs> I'm going to take a pause. There are nefarious, yeah. our new word for yep. the day. Word of the day. There, there are nefarious people out there that will give you an optimal blue username and login. They will let you see pricing, but no, that's not your pricing. Correct. At that's... which point, if I'm auditing, yeah, why don't you call three branches within three different areas, have them price out the same scenario and understand that each branch may be priced differently for various reasons, right. but how close are they compared to what that username and login that the recruiter gave you? Because if it's way off, if it smells like poop, it's yeah. probably poop, right? Yeah. Um, something else when you said verify, I love your thought about product. Oh, cool. You offer that product. Can you show me somewhere in your system where you've closed some recently and how many? Right. Like show me your, your dashboard. I don't need to see your gross margin. You can probably open up Encompass or, right. or Byte or whatever it is that you're using. And you can show me your past closed pipeline and you can show me which of those insert loan program here, yeah. I-10, FHA 203K, CP, CP sub 600, whatever, yeah. you know, VA, FHA, USDA, show me where you've done one. I want to see it. Right. What I tell people when, when, and I'm, I'm not a recruiter, like I'm a leader, I'm a, I'm a manager, I'm a coach, I'm a mentor. And yes, part of what I have to do is onboard and offboard branches, onboard and offboard loan officers, as well as processors and, and other support staff. But when I have a branch opportunity, like right now, I have a phenomenal opportunity in Atlanta, Georgia. Super excited about it. Very first thing I'm going to tell them uh, on our call is, hey, everything I'm going to tell you today, do me a favor. Go to this website. That's our corporate website. Pull up any branch you want, any loan officer you want and call them. Don't ask me to give you someone. Right. I'm going to give you Sue Patello and Sue's going to sing our praises. I'm going to give you Brian Kimball and Brian Kimball's going to sing our praises. Now, I hope you randomly select Brian and Sue because I know they're going <laughs> to sing our praises, but no, right. I'm going to tell you to open it all up. But I wonder how many LOs and branch managers or if we're outside of the lending space, realtors, financial advisors, life insurance agents actually audit right. the information that's being sold. Well, and, and, and that's the point is it doesn't matter what industry you're in. It doesn't matter what's being told to you. I mean, you could be looking down the barrel of somebody on the other side of the table that, you know, is, is like not going to make their mortgage payment if they can't close this deal. And they're going to say anything they can. And trust me, I have heard stories yeah. about stuff like this. And you're absolutely right. The best way to do it is to just, hey, go call somebody. Don't have me, you know, independently. And I've done the same thing. Just go call somebody, you know, and I'll have, we'll have people check. You know, I've, it's been, it's happened a million times for me. And I think that's, that's a really good indication of like, hey, is it really true? Well, what's your take on this? I find 
throughout my travels that too many originators, business professionals, salesmen and women make the wrong decision for the wrong reason. And I say that, and maybe it's, it's for me, I look at if I were to ever make a move, it would have to be because I felt like I could make more money with the same effort or it provided more growth opportunity than had I stayed where I am. Right. But I find people make moves and they never once thought through, well, what does it impact me three, five, seven years down the road? Or they make moves. I'm like, yes, but is this move going to help you make more money and help you work the same or less hours? Meaning do I get a better work-life balance? It's never in balance, we're always balancing. Right. But is, is it easier for me to keep in balance and do I give myself an opportunity to earn more money? Like they may leave because they're like, oh, they have this cool product. Oh, my comp's gonna be 25 bips higher. I'm like, yeah, but if you're 20, your comp is 25 bips higher, but you close 25% less volume, right. you know, or you generate 25 less leads yeah. and you have to work eight more hours per week, I'm like, did you leave for the right reasons? Now, some people may, may say, look, I'm not gonna make any more money. I'm not going to work any less hours. I'm not gonna have any better work-life balance, but I get to be the man. I'm in charge. I make the hiring decisions. I figure out our, the best way to process a loan. At which point I'm like, dude, high five. Like if. You're telling me that you want to make the mess and clean it up too. Right. Then that's to me a valid reason for someone to make a move. But I don't think many people think through it. What are your thoughts when it comes to that? When it comes to like the right reasons to make a move? That's, that's really good. Really good questions. Um, and a really good point. Um, what I find, what I find interesting is, is you said about the making more money thing. When I ask somebody, like when we're going through the process, it's almost never about more money. And, 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 and you kind of think like we, we're, we're, we're recruiting salespeople. How could it not be about more money? It's almost never about more money. And so I have five years of data that we tracked when, when, with Doug Long. Mm -hmm. And can you just guess, throw it out there, top two reasons people leave their company? Oh, I'm going to tell you support and culture, okay. systems and processes. Okay. Like that would be my, my go-to. Okay. You're, yeah. So it's, it's only because you told me it wasn't about the money. It, you're right. Yeah. I knocked one of them off, but yeah, it's, it's, it's operational issues and management. Yeah. Those are the two reasons. Every single person that we tracked that came on board, the top two reasons they came on board, management operations, we, top but, reasons they left management and operations. But you know right? what's crazy is that I have done my fair share of hiring done my fair share of letting people go. I've had my fair share of people move on, right? Yep. They, they, their time with us came and went. And many times I'm grateful, right? If so-and-so worked for us for seven years and he's 50 years old and I look at his NMLS and I look at his 30 year career, he's never worked anywhere else for more than five years. To me, I did something right. Yep. I held on to him for seven. Yep. I broke a record, but it was his time. But I have had plenty of people like, well, I need to go so-and-so because they have an I-10 loan. They have an FHA 203K or they're going to pay for my assistant. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you got an FHA 203K or an I-10, you would do more volume? I'm like, look, you, you do three or four loans a month, but I don't know if those two loans are the reason why you're not doing six or seven loans. Right. 
And by the way, they're gonna pay for your assistant. Yeah, but for how long? Cause at some point you're only doing three or four loans and you, you should be able to do five loans a month without the need for an assistant. And they go over there, they stay for 18 months. They never close one I-10, no, never close one, two or three K. Their assistant was, oh, actually shared and oh, actually had a commission deduction. Yep. And by the way, their production went down. And it's like, gosh, I look at that as a manager. I'm like, where did I miss the mark? And maybe I didn't miss the mark. Maybe just that person's time had come and gone. And, it would, and they are the type, if I study their patterns, right. they change jobs every two to three years. They worked for me for three. I was on the top end of their, of their average. And it was time for them to move on. Because to me, I thought it was about the money, but maybe it's because I take for granted that I have the operational support. I don't, I don't feel those pains, right. but I will tell you as a hiring manager. Oh yeah. Who are my favorite people who work best for us? Those people who are currently having operational pains, those people who are in growth mode, but they're being restricted to grow. Yep. And by onboarding with us, they now have, have growth opportunities. And, um, well, those people that don't have a choice, <laughs> like that, that's the best, but those people only call people that they already know. Yeah. You gotta right? have that relationship. That's where if Aaron's been in, uh, interacting with him for two or three years or seven years, and all of a sudden they're finding out that their company is being sold. Like it's happening right now. Like as we speak yeah. to a very large lender up in the Atlantic coast, Northeast, not saying the company buying them isn't a good company, but I am saying that not everyone wants to go work for that company. Yeah. So there's gonna be some dis displaced branches, some displaced LOs. If you're one of many shotgunning it, trying to get a hold of them, I would tell you you're behind the eight ball because those people are calling the people that have been in contact with them two or three years. The opportunity that I have going on right now, I have that because of this show and because of the Mortgage Bankers Association. I don't have that because I have a great cold caller or a great LinkedIn, you know, spam message. <laughs> um, but uh, anyhow, God, I went down a diatribe well, there. I mean, I went, went down a rabbit hole there. I did a diatribe. Um, I think what I was getting at or the question I was asking you is, yeah, I think I just, I struggle, Aaron, because I'm, I'm questioning what did I do wrong that that person left and I felt like they left for all the wrong reasons. And then when I track them, they don't stay at that company for much longer and their production doesn't get better, but it gets worse over the two or three years that they leave. Well, you, <clears throat> excuse me, you gotta look at it like a bell curve, right? You've got, I don't, I don't know, 10%, 20% on either side of the curve, and then you got the rest in the middle, right? And I do find that a good recruiting person can figure out somebody's true motivations, what makes them tick, and really figure out, does the company that they're gonna to try to put you at make sense and does it match? And if, if the person does a really good job on the front end of identifying the key things that are important to you, what, what makes you tick, what, makes, what, what do you need to be successful and can I support that business model? And, and can we lay out a plan to support that business model? It makes people stick a hell of a lot longer because you're looking at it, people think that it's, oh, it's just the front end, you hire them. No, it is not. The real trick is, is getting all that information passing it to the company, making sure the company is okay with it, on board with it, and can support it. And that's probably why in some of those examples, you have people that are on the the longer end of their, their typical cycle of how long they stay at a company. And so those are some of those things that I find um, that, that never really get talked about on, the more, uh, on, 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 on recruiting, but it's, it's how you transition that person. And the better that you do that, the longer they will stay. Uh, and then you hope that, the, I mean, because you, you don't want to be working for bad people. So you're not going to be teeing somebody up for a bad manager that's not going to be able to support it. And so that's kind of what I do is, is I go, hey, look, we've got this candidate. We've got this team. We've got, 
you know, everything here, here's who they are, here's their problems, here's where we can support it. And then I'm asking the manager, can you commit to this? And then if they tell me they can commit to this, then we move forward. But I get buy-in from both to help create longer relationships and, and you have more sticky people, you know? And your answer just answered my own question. I'm gonna answer it for me in the audience. <laughs> what I didn't do in those situations when I had good people move on and then I get bothered because I watched them then move on again, then move on again, then that takes a toll on their production, which means it takes a toll on their income. I didn't re-recruit them. I took them for granted. I plugged them into my system. They were part of our coaching calls, our training calls, our all hands calls, our branch meetings. They were probably attending our annual sales rallies, but you know what I wasn't doing? I wasn't sitting down with them one-on-one -on -one enough. I was just assumptive that we were on the same page. Assumptive, I thought I knew what was going on in their world and what was going on in their life. I'm curious looking back, and I'm sure some of the people, they're going to leave regardless because that's just a pattern. Yeah. But other people, it's like, man, what type of attention did I show them three years ago or five years ago when I recruited them? And I was showing them I cared. You know, I felt like, well, I just plugged them in. They're in my coaching. They're in my trainings. They're attending the, the conferences. They're attending the meetings. But maybe just one or two one-on-ones where it was like, hey, let's circle back to when we first met. Yeah. It's kind of like re <clears throat> rekindling the romance with your spouse and in instituting date night because you realized you have six kids, right? Uh, five. Five. O only. Only five. Only five. Done. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. I don't. No, my wife wants more. Okay. There yeah. we go. So I just so. threw six on you already. Who knows? She's probably yeah. pregnant. You're on vacation. <laughs> Man, you never know what happens. Um, although I've been curious, how do you have six kids when you already have five? Um, takes talent. Anyhow. That's, um, that's how good I am. I there you go. High five. <laughs> yeah. High five. I don't even know where I was going with that now. No. Um, so, but, yeah. But, oh, I, I wanted to go back to what you were saying, though, is that there is going to be a natural amount of people that leave no matter what you do. But the, the, the trick is, is what I was telling you about learning who the person is and making sure that the manager can support that vision. But it's also on the front end, making sure you weed out people that have very, very bad motives. And, and there's, there's just, I, I'll, I'll, I'll think of some of the things that I hear about, um, you know, you'll hear somebody say something that's a little bit shady or they're, they're conducting business in a very questionable way. It might be legal, but it's questionable. And they're doing things that are really toting the line, like that, that type of individual. A lot of people will try to hire those folks and move them in. But my thought is, is that if you identify somebody that's, that's questionable, your gut's telling you they're questionable for a reason, you don't want to bring on that headache. It's better to not recruit the person than to bring them on and create the problem. Right. And if you go back and look at, at, at a lot of a lot of people that I've hired, like that, that I personally hired from a recruit, like recruiters that I hired to work on my team, I will go back to them every, especially in the beginning, every month. Are you liking what you're doing? Is it, it, is it exactly what I told you or did I miss the mark? What do you need from me and what could I be doing better to help you get to your goals? And I make sure I'm, I'm pushing them to their goals and I ask it obnoxiously to just make sure that I'm doing it. Because for me, I want to make sure I'm hitting their goals and, and putting them in a position to win. But also I want to make sure that I'm actually portraying the right thing because I don't want to be going out there and saying the wrong thing and, and being going, Oh my God, I'm actually pitching the wrong thing. Yeah. That, that terrifies me. That keeps me up at night. So that's why I'm obnoxious with my people going like, Hey, are we good? Where are we at? What do you need?
So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, this is what good recruiters do, right? If you're trying to figure out like, hey, I understand from tuning into TLOP, I need to not be a dick to every recruiter. I need to find the one or two that I can build a relationship with because you never know. You never know, it could be two years, it could be 12 years. It could be two months. That's the whole part of you never know, but you need to have one and we just showcased one, right? If they don't look sound, feel like Aaron, it's probably not someone that you wanna have in your back pocket, but you probably should have at least one or two. Um, totally random, but oh, I just gotta say, every, you. you're welcome. Every time I look at you, I'm like, I don't know if you're Ryan Reynolds or you're Steve Carell. <laughs> so sometimes you sound, like, you sound like Ryan Reynolds, but you look more like Steve Carell. Both are phenomenal actors. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds, I'm pretty confident I have like a man crush on. Uh, more for his personality, not even his his good looks, because I needed my wife to tell me he's good looking, but I don't have that you know ability. But like, I look at some dude, I'm like, hey, is that dude good looking? She's like, no, he is so ugly. I'm like, I guess I'm so straight then. Um, but but I think Ryan Reynolds as a human seems yeah. like a great dude, and I don't know he, Steve Carell very like, well, but he seems funny as shit when yeah. I do see him. But I keep looking at you, and I'm like, gosh, what is he? He's a cross between well, Steve and and uh, Ryan. In good company. I mean, yes. I love Deadpool. Stryan. We'll call you Stryan McReynolds. Stryan. Stryan. McReynolds. Um, all right. So let's do this. Let's put a bow in it. Let's wrap it up. Um, maybe even help you make your first reel for Instagram, that account you don't have yet because oh, yeah. you're not quite on social media. Yeah. Okay. Do this for us. Let's give us three do's. If you're a sales professional, here's three things you should do the next time you're solicited by a recruiter. One, I would actually just play with them and have some fun. Right? Okay. You want to see how they interact and how they work on their feet. I'll have people do that to me. They'll just say something random and just see what I do. And they're like, oh, I like how you answered that. Right. And, and, and so have fun with it. Right. Also, remember, take it as a compliment. You're getting a phone call. Right. So, that's, so show gratitude. So show, have fun. Show gratitude. And, and I would say be open minded. Now, here's here's the flip side. Right. This is how I view it. And I told you I'm a sick person with when it comes to nose and and cold calling, like there's not a lot of people that actually enjoy it. And so when you call, when, when, you, when I call somebody and I get just shut down, I just sit there and I smile and I go, and, and I sit here and I go, I feel bad for that individual because he doesn't know or she doesn't know what I was going to call and tell them or what opportunity I might've had for them. And I feel bad. And then I sit there and I go, how can I break the door so I can get through to that person next time? And so I view it as like, it's my job to break in so they can hear it. I, I mean, I could talk to them and it could be a horrible fit for whatever I have, but I got to get to that point. So show the show gratitude and open-mindedness towards the phone call. And trust me, it's only going to take you 30 seconds to assess a recruiter. If they, if they, if they sound like crap and they don't have any knowledge, they probably suck. Right. And that's the easiest thing you can do. Um, and get them off the phone. If people want to connect with you, Aaron, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, I would say uh, that's a good question. I guess I would say go on LinkedIn. I mean, I'm 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 on there. Um, He's picky though. I'm, He's picky about who he accepts. I mean, you can give out your work email address if that's easier. Your cell phone number, your your work number. Yeah. Like I, if someone's like, "Hey, I like that guy. I would like to talk shop with him." Then 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 let's do this. The easiest way to do it is send me a message on LinkedIn. Just say that you saw this, and I'll be glad to you know circle back with you, talk with you, you know, if people have like, you know, different things like you were talking about, you know, career advice or things like that. I see that all day long. Um, I did have, if we have a second, I have one, one additional thing to mention. If yes, got go time. for it. Fire away. Okay. Um, 
we know the mortgage business has been going through some 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 tough times volumes dropped and what i find fascinating is what i've talked to so I, of of talking to top producers so i get the benefit of talking to top producers and all day long and what i find interesting and and i hope you guys take the the loan officers take you know listen to this and 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 go hey you know what maybe maybe i can do something differently maybe i can integrate that in is the top producers recognize the market. Champanozian said this in January of 2022. He goes, it's back to the basics and I'm going to go grind hard. And the loan officers that started early and started grinding back then are, are not, I mean, everybody's down, but they're doing very well. Mm -hmm. And the other loan officers on the other side of the, the, of the spectrum that did the same thing, the other common theme that I see with top producers is, is they said, they went back and it made them sharpen their sword because now they've had a little bit more time. And I can't tell you how many really good producers I've talked to that said, I know guidelines better than I've ever have before. And I've really sharpened my sword. I've whittled down my team. I'm focused on money-making activities. And to me, that's what everybody needs to be focused on, like sharpening your sword and where is that? And being honest with yourself. Like some people, they, they just go, oh yeah, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm not gonna, you know, I don't need to make those calls or whatever, but when you have that gut feeling that you shouldn't be doing something or you don't need to do it is when you should. I love it. Such sage advice. Um, and check this out. If you are a recruiter or recruiting is part of your uh, weekly job description, recruit Aaron. Look, if, Bring he, it on. if he gives you 30 <laughs> seconds or less, just know you're not good. <laughs> if he talks to you for five minutes or more, you're doing something right at a minimum. There's a free litmus. It's kind of like going on TonyRobbins.com and doing a free disc personality profile. I'm joking. Don't do that. Aaron would quit being my friend if you did that. I just thought it'd be funny to throw out there. But look, he's Aaron Hahn. He represents the money store. I'm Dustin Owen. I represent the Loan Officer Podcast, where we are shaping the future of the mortgage industry. That is all the time we have for you today, but we do look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace.